So my first question is, how dare you? <laughs> uh, That's how you start any conversation. This week on Shop Talk, I sat down with Drama Shop Artistic Director Zach Flock and Creative Advisor Elena Manchester to talk about getting started in theater, why it's okay to feel your feelings, and what it means to say you can't do theater wrong. My second question is, like, when did you start, like, doing or wanting oh to do theater? Right? Okay. So here's... Were you, like, a baby? No. A wee oh babe? Oh, my gosh. No. I was a sports kid. I mean, I wasn't built like a sports kid, but yet, try as I might, mm-hmm. I kept trying. Which sports? Yeah, what well, was um, your I sport? played softball. I don't know what that is. Next. Me too. Um, softball is, like, baseball. But no, cooler? I don't need to know. Oh, okay. Um, I also played basketball, and I was a center, which is one. what tall people do, because yeah. I've had this same rockin' mom bod since the fifth grade, hey. and I've been this height, too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, when I wasn't obviously dating a lot of people, I was playing sports badly. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I was doing. I was also a nerd, um, but not it's a good, good combination. Enough. Oh, it was real yeah, sexy. The sports. Um, I wasn't good enough to at either of those things to really wear the title of knock, knock, nerd or jock. Otherwise known as knock. knock. I do like sure. knock. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I did those things. I tried a lot. I wore a lot of hats. Literally, literally and still figuratively. Do. I do. You still do sometimes. like to wear a hat. Um. What else? I tried. Uh. I've quit a lot of things. I quit ROTC. Mm-hmm. I quit band. Mm-hmm. I quit um, violin. I quit, I play violin. Did, I know you. You, you didn't. You stuck with it. I did you stick with it. I didn't quit violin. <laughs> oh, thank you. I no, was I, first chair in third grade. <gasps> that's didn't a know big what deal. that meant. That's a I big just deal. And that started you your love of theater to... because you were like, I can play a chair, right? <laughs> I was. I can play. The I will first be the best chair. damn chair. <laughs> um, then it wasn't until I think middle school. I went to Westlake Middle School. Uh, Miss Zabrowski was the choir chorus director there mm-hmm. and I was the cook in Alice Through the Looking Glass and I accused her of typecasting me as the fat character. Oh boy. And she loved that. JK didn't. Then um, for some reason the next show I was really pumped to play um, also the very rotund pastor's wife who had eight kids. No, okay, I got to stop. It was stop a thing. It Did was the a script thing. say, like, was she described was as choice. very rotund? No, but listen, like, because you... I was a brave-ass kid. I well, was sure. brave. And sure. she was like, you're going to be the pastor, and you've got these four kids as a way to include, like, and I was like, excuse me, I would like to push a baby carriage and also be pregnant, because that's the joke. Mm-hmm. And she was like, maybe. The I'm joke like, being that she's that a the baby pastor's factory. wife right? is getting it. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the joke, right? Right. Um, and then she canceled the show. Because of that? <laughs> it was just too brilliant. Um, oh, no, yeah. she she canceled the show, I think for personal reasons. And then that was it. And I thought, oh, I'm done. I guess I, I'm not in shows anymore. I, I quit that. So I just kept quitting things, quit the sports, um, quit some people. And then when I, when I was in high school, I was in drama classes, went pretty, pretty awesomely, awesomely badly. And um, then... Uh, I kept auditioning, and when I would audition, I would say to the drama teacher, I would say, now look, I still get points even if I don't get in, right? Because I'm a nerd, not because I didn't want to get in, but he thought I meant I didn't want to get in. Mm. So he never cast me. That you were just auditioning for the sake of right. going right. through the audition right. process. But I and wasn't, and they points. didn't have the best, like, communication of things. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I just didn't understand stuff. I tried to audition for a Playhouse show once when I was a wee babe, but I didn't, my parents never did theater, nothing. Yeah. So we went, but auditions were at the rehearsal hall. I didn't even know what that was. So I showed up at the Erie Playhouse and like knocked on the front door. And I was like, I think auditions are canceled. So I left. <laughs> or they were like, <laughs> Elena Manchester's here. Lock Whoa, the doors. Turn out the lights. So I played Pastor's Wife. Like, yeah, yes. right. And there uh, isn't She's going to make a political show. statement and there's really not a political <laughs> statement in this one. Um, We'll talk about that coming up. Yeah. um, This story got really long. Sorry. Just edit it. Uh, So then I played dancer number five in Footloose in high school. And that was really funny. That was my second to last year. Then my last year, Bob Martin directed um, Leader of the Pack. And I played Ellie Greenwich's mother. 
And I had this whole shtick, and I came up with my costume, and no one used an accent in this play or a dialect. But I like I when was, you use that but accent. But I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ellie, you're going to be so great out there. And um, while, while pregnant and pushing the stroller. Yeah, because Eight you, kids. I was just yeah. always extra. Was it the same character every time? Um, like, was that the pastor's uh, wife that's again? That's the just meanest moved? thing you've ever said to me. No, and yes. I'm kidding. Yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, that was it. And so when I was looking at schools, I didn't know Gannon University was really even a school. I just didn't Having know Having grown things. up a whole 15 yeah, minutes away from I campus. I feel like I just <laughs> missed some big lesson of like, you go to school to get a job someday. Also, this is what theater is. Like, I didn't get those things. And now I work at a school for theater. It's Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. To think about. <laughs> um, I went to Gannon mostly because they were going to do cabaret, and I knew that one. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's a sign. I'll go here Yeah. Uh, for a year, and I'll do my um, – because I'm going to study nursing. And I'll do that. I and forgot that that's what you were going to do. Yeah, but I never signed up for it. I, I was like, well, I'll just write down theater and culture or theater, theater and, and commerce. commerce. Theater, yeah. and theater and culture was one of the classes. That's the class I teach. That's what I teach. Yes. <laughs> so I signed up for theater thinking I'm going to take my core, my liberal core, and I'll go somewhere else. I'll mm-hmm. probably go to Pittsburgh because that's where my bestie, Justin, is. Mm-hmm. And um, then I spent four years trying to quit it. I can't quit you. And I couldn't quit it. And I just kept doing stuff. So that is the story of how I got Would you got. say you were largely influenced by the friendships you forged during that production um, of I'll tell you about some mean people that oh. I met when I was at the theater. We're going to take a quick break. In terms of they weren't mean, they were just theater people, and I wasn't exposed. I didn't know. When I did shows in high school, there was a couple other little places, I think. I didn't realize how loud theater people are or extravagant yeah. and dramatic and all the wonderful things about theater people and empathetic i just didn't know because i was used to sports right and like that's so here's what i things in boxes here's what i will say about that i do think especially when you're like that 19 year old whose life is all about the shows that you're producing the shows you're working on especially in a smaller program like the one that gannon has I do think that some of us got in that mindset of like we take this so seriously. Yeah, and everyone's and you're a new here, and we'll you better like you have prove to. that you belong yeah. here. But I also think that was the culture of theater, at least back then, not specifically again, and just sure what I viewed. It was a lot of like competition, right, or something, and theater was very patriarchal in that. There is a person at the top, and that's the director, and actually the producers above them. Right. And everybody falls in line, and the leads are at the top, and the supporting cast is below. And, like, that is not where I see theater now, and it's definitely not the kind of stuff I do. And, you know, be the teacher you wish you had when you were younger, right? Right. So, like, that's why I direct and do what I do is because I remember just being like, what are the rules? <laughs> Who came yeah. up with them, yeah. and are they real? Nicole, how did you get into yeah. this crazy world of theater? Oh, oh my gosh, you're you're a leading lady. You, yeah, you and are. I do think that your experience—I know that your experience was a little different than Elena's and mine, mm-hmm. um, because if, if I'm you, did you you didn't go to a school for performing arts, but Not, you went to a school where the performing arts were a really banging. big deal. They were, yeah. I and mean, you I did was, some like summer kind of stuff as I well. I did. Right? We, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and we did. Um, I went to North Hills High School that was like separate from that, but then I did Spotlight Performing That's Arts Academy. Yeah. That that was like a side thing. That yeah. that was like what we did. We did like West Side Story, Miss Saigon. We did like Les Mis that we should not have done as what is that juniors in high school. But it's cool because we learned kind of about the process of putting those shows together, that's and then the now point, when I see right? them, I feel better about them. Yeah, that's but the point. I got a. Um, one of those mailers from Gannon about having like a theater communications program. Yeah, that's Man, so funny. That major. That's the same that mailer. Not to steal your story, yeah. but no, that that's why I came to Gannon for me. Yeah, I was like theater and calm in mm-hmm. one. You and I have talked about this before, yep. Nicole, because we both had that that like I I should probably be have the next a backup. host of Good Morning America. <laughs> yes, right? yes, I wanted like, to be Robin Roberts. hundred yeah. percent. Well, I was a little bit younger than you, so it was like Charlie Gibson, <laughs> Diane Sawyer. Sure. Same deal. Uh, but yeah, that like I can't choose between these two things mm-hmm. and then theater and calm in one program yep. was like 
I had 100%. no idea what it was, but I signed up for it. Yeah. Yeah, I got that mailer, and I was like, okay, I will come visit Gannon, because it's like two hours from Pittsburgh. That's awesome. Like, I can still be kind of close to my family. That's cool. And I visited and met MC, and they talked about their oh, theater. Yep. I met MC, and I met Sean Clerkin. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this could be a place that I fit in, and that makes sense, and cool. So I did that, and came and majored in theater communication arts. And I liked it, and I thought that was really fun. What year did you graduate? 2011. Yeah, you so shouldn't have asked that question. It's going to make you feel old. And don't feel I started old. in 2007. Do you like how I said that? It's going to make you feel yeah, old. Yeah, that was some defensive stuff. But, so when, so were we, we weren't there at the same time. I don't think. No. I think we overlapped, you, I think, Zach, we overlapped a little bit once, not as a student, but you were working there. <laughs> Correct. Well, because. Well, That's how old edge. I am. Well, <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah, because Nicole, you would have started eleven. Two thousand seven is when I started. Eight. Yeah, fall two thousand seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. So you came in right after I left, and yeah. that was when, I, yeah. And then you had the idea for having like a student, um, student produced oh, right. communication. Magazine, yes, yeah. and so then I started. You started with me the I am blogs. Correct. Which, so oh, I it still wow. exists. Yeah, the I am Nicole Dehoda still yeah. exists on Blogspot. Check it out. Yeah. On Blogspot. On Blogspot. I think it was Blogspot. I think. That was, we just said one of the oldest sentences on the internet <laughs> right now. It's true. Questions. I'm not even named Blogspot. that anymore. Was that like MySpace? Kind it was of. the blog of MySpace. And then, and you, and since then, you've also done a lot of civic theater here in town. Playhouse? I did do she Playhouse. She is the Little Mermaid as far as she I'm is concerned. Ariel. I, I still mean, get that all the time. Like when I see people, that that's the one thing that they know me from is... You were in that show, People like the little roommate. That's the right? only thing. That's the People only. Because I changed my hair so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think that's what it is. When no I, one ever does. I, I, and it doesn't happen also, as often. I'm not popular. But, no, but that's it's, not the true. That, it's the hair. It's the hair. I think it is. It's that you have a tendency to really kind of disappear into a role, whereas you kind of, you, you totally transform your appearance for shows. Aww. So I think that's probably part of it. my appearance all the time in real life. I find, and not so much anymore, but more like when we were in college, I would get recognized more so in the Erie community. And also I produce a lot more than I perform now, but it would always, it would never be for like cabaret, you know, it mm. wouldn't be for like the known show. I remember. Do you, know, you remember yeah. which show it was? Moby Dick the Musical. I was Moby just going to ask. Moby Dick <laughs> I would be at like Moby Barnes Dick and Noble and someone would be like, hey, hey you do shows at you're Gannon. you headmistress. Well, no, they'd start with like, you do shows at Gannon, right? And I'd be like, like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, oh, we saw you in that one. What was it? And I'd be like, uh, Cabaret. And they're like, no, 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 that Moby Dick one. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know why they talk I believe like it. That. Like, no, no, Moby Dick. <laughs> That's how they talk. Oh, they recognize me. Yeah. No, it's true. That's, for me, it was Little Mermaid and Spelling Bee. Are the two oh, that I get? Yeah. Yeah. We were in I that together. That one. That's the yeah. You were in spelling. We were in that was... together. I think that was the first time we were in a show together. I think so. Yeah. yeah, but that was always the one, and that's the one where I met my husband too. Well, I mean, I knew him already, but I mean, I did a show with my husband Jared, so that was kind of cool too. Right. Yeah, we had he was. I assistant directed spelling bee, but not that spelling bee. I right. assistant directed uh, one of the playhouse. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were involved with that one. That's really cool. Yeah, I did go I, and see that one. So. Because I I will always and forever feel like a theater outsider. I just do, especially. I think this is part of the theater thing, though. We help run a theater company. I know, and I feel it too. Yeah, like I think that I'm the head of a theater department, and I feel like an outsider. Mm -hmm. But like in that one in particular, I was supposed to direct some of the not the dancey stuff. Um, but I think I had one song um, where the girl gets all the pictures taken with her dads. Oh, yeah. What is that? That's uh, I was one of the dads. Mean, I should know it. Mean Doherty was adorable. Yeah. And she was in. She, that was her part. And I remember I had this conversation with the cast. It was a Kate theme and a Pat theme. And I was like, so what are the songs, though? <laughs> and they were like, there's songs. I'm like, no, no, no. But like in the world of the Why play, are they singing it? Who sees the songs? Like, <laughs> are you singing in real time? Is this like a fantasy? How are the people involved in your fantasy? Are they fantasies of the people? And they're like, they're songs. So, <laughs> I want to point out, I'm not listening to the story right now because no. I'm trying to sing that song in my head till I get <laughs> to the chorus and then I can tell you what song it is. I get you. No, I know. You have that glazing. So oh. So, I'm going to Google it. Oh, that's great. I know what it is now, so you can stop. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, that's the one. Uh, Pat McGuire was in it. Yeah. Dan Harder was in it. 
Everybody was in it. She was so. in Gannon's too. Yeah. Uh, and so was uh, Chad. Chad. Hysterical. Cody Bear. Oh my Hysterical. god. Perfect casting. So I started theater. Thanks yeah. for asking me, guys. <laughs> I just assumed you'd talk about yourself. So I didn't think we needed to ask. But go ahead. Um, no, I actually started um, through music. Like I, I always was into like singing and musical theater. Um, so that's kind of where I started and, you know, did like middle school chorus and stuff like that. And it, in, at that age, there wasn't a lot offered in school in terms of theater. Mm -hmm. There was chorus, there was band. I don't even, actually, I don't even think chorus was a class, right? I think you took like music. This is high school? No, this is middle school. Um, and then, so I was, you know, talking to my mom about how like I really liked singing and I grew up like my, my grandfather who passed away when I was, I think seven. Um, I remember on Sunday mornings, we would always go to his house, like before, after Sunday school, before church kind of a thing. And he would listen to records from like Rodgers and Hammerstein. Like I, I remember, and I don't know how much of this is an actual memory or like a contrived, like this is just how I picture him in my head. Like a stage. Yeah. Version. I remember him singing, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. Oh, like, and And memory. so that was like, yeah. So, Rather real or not, that's right, beautiful. Right, right. So I remember being about 12 years old and saying to my mom, you know, I, I those those shows that grandpa used to listen to, not grandpa, that's not what I called him. What did you call him? Pap-Pap. I mean, I was like seven, so. But I was like, those, oh, those records. Beautiful. All right, all right. Calm down, mom's at the table. Mom's at the table. That's a great <laughs> There's podcast. There's a podcast. I think that should be. That's what Parker calls my dad is Peppa. That's oh, that's cute. Like a grandpa thing. Yeah. So that's, but I was like, those songs, like, what are those from? Like, those are from shows. Like, are they what movies? Yeah. yeah. And and she was like, well, you know, they do them on stage and you can go see them. And I was what? like, well, where and how can I be in one? Um, oh and then God for you. And then we went to a high school. Or the high school did Peter Pan. Ooh. And first of all, I was like mesmerized by the sets, like just these oh, beautiful, yeah. like, and that it would change so quickly from the nursery mm. of their house to Neverland, like the magic of it. And I was probably a little older than I should, like, I was more mesmerized by the magic than I would expect a person that age would normally be. No, you're just a techie from way back. I think so. And then one of then they flew. Then oh, they flew. Oh, and, that changes everything. My brain exploded. My brain exploded, but it also... I, I felt this jealousy Ooh. that I don't think I felt Isn't until like weird? a relationship went sour in college. <laughs> like, yeah. That level of like, why does love. that kid get to fly and love. I have to sit in this stupid seat? And so then I remember like saying to my mom, you know, the next time there's a chance, like she told me about how there are community theaters where you can do this kind of stuff. And so we saw an audition notice for The King and I. And I played one of the royal children. Mm. Um, we can, that's a conversation for another day, mm. um, about diversity on stage, uh, probably, mm. but, but the experience of, of working on that show and, you know, with a group of kids too. Yeah. So it wasn't like, I suddenly had this understanding that, you know, I was a little, a little bit of a nerd, a little bit of an outcast and yeah. like these kids were like me. Yeah. And to me, I think that was the other thing that really hooked me was that community and not just the kids, but that the adults and the older kids, too, because I was probably 12 at this point. Mm -hmm. So you have high school kids who, you know, have a bad rap, right? You think of high school kids, especially mm -hmm. in theater, as being, like, bratty, entitled, whatever. Yeah. The kids that – they, the high school kids, first of all, I thought, like, they're so cool. Yeah. And then I thought, they're so nice. Oh, yeah. Like, they kind of took me under – especially the people who knew I was new at that mm -hmm. were the nicest people in the world to me. And I should give a, a shout out. This was at the Greensburg Civic Theater. Um, they're still doing shows there today. A lot of the folks there also do things at Apple Hill Playhouse, mm -hmm. where I would eventually um, come you to interned, do things. Right? I actually there? worked there uh, part time after right out of college, um, and many summers through college, I did a lot of shows there. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that community just kind of pulled me in, and I was hooked. And I just did show after show, and then the high school actually did. Fiddler on the Roof when I was in middle school, but show. they needed a couple of younger kids, mm -hmm. not a ton, just a yeah. handful of younger kids to be in it. And I think it was my middle school music teacher um, recommended me because oh. she knew that, that I had done a little bit of community theater yeah. and it was something I really wanted to do. 
So like in my middle school, I was kind of the theater kid because there was no theater program. God bless the teachers behind the scenes. Ms. Brant Hoover, let's give her a shout out. Yeah. I think it's Mrs. DeFabo now, but it's those, she was the fantastic. That, like really give a shit. Yeah. And get to know and do what's best. And if I can get up. like really yeah. real about it for a minute, like real, real. You know, I, I as a teenager, I struggled with depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think that's a common thing among theater people as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I will absolutely say, and I don't necessarily think that I'm employing hyperbole when I say I really think some of those teachers saved my life yeah do you know what I mean like yeah. they they encouraged me and you're it's it's an age where you're so full of self-doubt to oh, begin God. with right it's awful and the rejection of you know there's that role in that show and everyone's telling you you're gonna get it you're gonna get it you're gonna get it and then you don't mm-hmm. and it, it you know I try to encourage people who audition for our shows to not take it that seriously, but try saying that to a, to a 16 or 17 year old. It's really hard, especially, yeah, when that's your world at that point. Yeah. And so, you know, but at the same time, I think a lot of us then had to learn about what that felt like and how to, Mm. how to deal with that rejection. So, you know, I look at some of those teachers and and not, not all of them were theater teachers as well. I mean, just Mm -hmm. a lot of those teachers who, who knew me and understood that that was my world. And mm-hmm. when, when things didn't go your way, you know, they didn't, um, whatever. Suck it up, yeah, it up. yeah. But they also didn't, um, indulge you either. Mm-hmm. It was walking that line of saying like, yeah, that, that's Feel unfortunate. Feel what you're feeling. And then, you yeah, know, let's go. pick it up and move on. Number right? next. Yeah. yeah. So, which I think has definitely influenced me throughout like the rest of my life because I don't get overly sentimental about roles, about productions. Mm. I enjoy the work. I have fun while I'm doing it. And I look back on shows fondly, but I'm very much about, okay, what can we do next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the next thing we're going to do and how can we do it? You don't get that post-show depression anymore? Um, I don't think I have time to, yeah. <laughs> you know, with the, with the drama shop schedule. I mean, literally we're either just about to start rehearsal or already in rehearsal for yeah. the next show. Well, I feel like it starts, it starts up even before I realize it. Like yeah. Anna Junkin just messaged me yesterday. Yeah. and was like, can you come take... Headshots for we're two weeks uh, out, crumble, baby. and I was like, "Crap! Yes, I guess yeah. I can because I, I'm still in the last show, and I forget that yeah. you know we're already so far into the next production. It's a fast-paced world, and yeah, I mean, sure, there are shows that I look back on that that hold particular. You know, I think Cabaret was one, and was I think especially because of the age that we were when we did that, and you know, we were in college, mm-hmm. and it really that was life changing for me. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That was the first time that I felt like anyone. You know, in high school, you, you it's a smaller uh, smaller pond, right? And yeah. Gannon, admittedly, is not a huge pond either. But to be given a, a lead role a big deal. or a bigger role in that college show, for me, was like a, you're not crazy for, for studying this. You're yeah. not just kind of living out a pipe dream. Like, you're doing, you can do this however first, you want to do this. That was this. my first song ever. Really? Yeah, that was my first time. Huh. It was my first solo anything ever. Was that one? As the as the hooker. Yeah. As the sex worker. She was Fraulein uh, Cost. I mean, I don't know that she was explicitly ever called either of those things. Yeah, but she was. And that wasn't me. I mean it's cabaret, it. they all kind There's, of are. No, but she had all these gentlemen yeah, visitors. Yeah. That was the um, shtick of Maybe it. she just was, you know, a little squirrel getting her nut. But I don't think so. I think wow. she was also getting paid. But it was, I like I had both to, of the ways of describing to, Thank you. <laughs> I had to spank a man on stage. True. I had to do all sorts of things I was not comfortable with. That was my first stage kiss, I think. I don't remember if I kissed anybody in that one. Um, that was the first time I got punched on stage, like stage violence. Was yeah. The first time. There's a lot. My dad. So because we did, we were not a performance family, and yeah. we, they came to like chorus concerts. They came to my shows in high school, but, they but that's just, vastly different. Just, yeah. Right. So in Cabaret show, is not your choir concert. <laughs> no, in that show, the boyfriend punched me in the face, right? That's the blocking. Right. But it was like an accident. My dad stood up. <gasps> he just stood up. He just stood up in a seat. And my mom had to pull him right back down. But I saw him. <laughs> but no, I love that. My dad though. didn't. It was just gut dad reaction. He yeah. He stood yeah. straight up. <sighs> and it's a little, it's a black box theater. I think it's a small your dad wish... is not the only dad who had some tough reactions during that show. We were wearing so many layers of 
spandex and lycra and pantyhose. It was supposed to be like nudity, but it was the least naked I've ever been in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like to Because in terms of layers and minutes. stuff. Yeah. 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 It was a lot, a lot, a lot of layers. So it was an uncomfortable experience for me during that show because, you know, I was not uh, still, you know, I'm not a person who's super comfortable with my own body. Get it, girl. You and need to work that. I need to work out. No, you need, need to, to work, change your perception. Well, but I mean, in a lot of ways, I think that show did help me. Oh do my that. god, you were so cute in that show. I was you were so, so sexy tiny too. in that show. We like a photo. Sexy, tiny, like cat, like stray cat. I just wanted to. Like, All right, I'll throw this out there. Bang. I will admit, hot. you were hot. I will admit that you're hot now. But that you is were one hot. of the. Well, thank you. That is one of the few times in my life, especially on stage, where I really did feel like. You were sexy. I'm sexy. Yeah. But everybody was sexy. It was the it was the MC. Let me be clear about that. It was the MC who was sexy. And so that that embodying that character gave me that, like, okay, there's freedom here to just be I mean, he's he's a tiger, right? He's this animal. I mean, I definitely didn't feel sexy in that show. Yeah. But we were all supposed to. But then uh, so I bring up the a lot of dads feeling uncomfortable because if you remember the opening of Act Two of that show right it opens with the kick line it opens with the kick line and there's the reveal in the kick line that the look at all these ladies oh that's not a lady that is a gentleman and it took uh my mother a very long time to realize that i was one of those ladies i don't think it took my father as long um Mm. (laughs) but he laughed about it i mean my my dad norm is is a he's a truck driver uh he's a super nice guy um but he's he's a man's man he's a hunter he's you know so it was it was a challenging i'm sure or uncomfortable at least experience for him wasn't. Maybe, Maybe he just laughed about it. You're right. You're it. right. And it's certainly I not something we ever discussed. Never, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, he's your dad, but I, I didn't pick that up. Yeah. You you may be right about that. Yeah. You may be right. But It's interesting to put that like thought that you had that thought that maybe that was uncomfortable for him, but that not actually talking about it. Like, yeah. That's an interesting that's, that's a bit plot. Of a and I'll tell you, it did you not occur him. to me until this moment when you said he probably wasn't. You're right. And to Maybe. him, he got the joke. He laughed yeah. about it. That was I it. I mean, I know that's you and Now, my mother, on the other hand, probably left the there arts. thinking, like, does he wear that all the time? <laughs> well, I don't. well, moms have all Spoiler the thoughts. That's right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No kink shaming. No, man. But we have all the thoughts. No, but but you're right. You do one thing on stage and and your mother is instantly like, look at him. Look at him. (laughs) What are you doing? Look at him smoking that cigarette like he's done it before. My dad was really My mom gasped during a life in the theater when I lit a cigarette. cigarette. She gasped. (laughs) And I almost had to stop it. I had to have a stage kiss. I had to smoke pot. I had to have a wrestling match. I had to have my first. Uh, oh, a drag queen. I kissed a man. You in mean drag. your second college show, right? Otherwise, your show. high school was very progressive. Very progressive. And I had to say cunnilingus in front of my parents. Whoa. And simulate it on a purse. That was. That was. What quite show was that? Dirty Blonde. Oh my God. <laughs> great person show about Mae West. Oh, this one. You got to know were, Oh my God. That was a life changing. You were show. incredible in that show. That's the only. That was the second I've show. I've not seen it. I had it. to sing in it, which I am terrified of. I had to be picked up. It was all the fears. It was all the. So things. can I talk a little bit about that show? You can. can I, I don't know how interesting it is, but yeah. Well, no, I, I loved it. What I loved about and it, hated it. It's, it's, <laughs> it was so one of the. Scary. It was one of the few shows during my time as a student at Gannon that I don't think I was actually involved in the production of it. Other than I was a theater work study, so I did some of the like scenic painting of like the floor. It was in the round, but it was yeah. a triangle, right? Because there were three characters, and there was a like a little screen upstage where yeah. I had to change, and I was also horribly afraid of my own body, right? And to like have to be basically naked in like a in a yeah. flesh toned uh, pale thing to try and change. If people saw like I because you're ballsy. doing you're doing the changes in the middle yeah, of this the, space the and around, of behind the, play, the screen. There's but. two storylines. There's a storyline of Mae West and the storyline of this girl named Joe. And I play you play both of them. And then there's a point where both timelines converge. And Joe is like a big Mae West fan, right? Sort of and so she, her friend, male friend 
dresses her up whilst in the Mae West storyline, this uh, designer is designing Mae West's look. And right. so when I come out from behind the screen, I was both Mae West in Mae West's new look and Joe dressed as Mae West. So it was this convergence. The show sounds amazing. It well, I would love to do it now that I'm old enough to get it. Yeah. I was just too well, young. But that was That's how I feel about the Miss Saigon stuff that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Like I would love to do Les Mis, Miss Saigon now that yeah. I feel like I know more of those yeah. things. But yeah. that show sounds incredible. Well, it's but that, and that was the thing, like having not having not yeah. been a part of it in any way and just experiencing it as an audience member which doesn't happen a whole lot when you're in a college right. theater program. Mm-hmm. Our you miss that you're opportunity of just being an audience member mm-hmm. because you're doing You're either doing sound the tech design, for it or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I came in cold and I sat in the audience and I watched it and I didn't know, was this, was that your, was that before Cabaret, after Cabaret? That was the last show of the season. So it was my second show ever. But you were a freshman. I, I was a freshman. So it was. So I would have been a it, junior. Yeah. I didn't know you super well. No. Hadn't worked with you all that I was just closely. that annoying chick who slept on your couch a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and missed my radio shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Who I had to yell at. That's yeah. kind of a common but, yeah. thread. But no, I just remember, I mean. Not to take credit away from you. First of all, I remember being blown away by the material. It's it was great. the first Paula Vogel show oh, I'd seen, and I was great. just like, "Man, the way this is crafted." And she wrote it for herself. Yeah, but the other piece of it was just watching this and knowing that you were a freshman, and I was so and afraid. thinking, and and the fear showed as Joe because that was the character. Yeah. But then when you stepped out as Mae West, like you fully embodied her, and it wasn't an SNL impersonation of Mae yeah. West. It wasn't sticky, it wasn't forced, and it was fearless. And to contrast that Ooh. to Joe, and frankly, Elena. to what I did know of Elena yeah, at the time. she was so afraid, It was man. just, it, it blew me away. Yeah. It, you absolutely it was, blew me away. It was in show. awesome. And I think that, like, something that I go back to with uh, Device Theater, or anytime I'm coaching an actors or directing, is finding that arc. It yeah. was the most clear arc transformation sure. you could have and so i i that's a milestone in my process is of, is that maybe when it clicked in your head that like i can do this i can do this not not just i can do this but i should do this this is my thing i think there were moments of that and then i lost it and like self-doubt yeah. rushed back in and yeah. then and like you brought up mental illness is a mean mean person not yeah. a person but a mean mean quality and so you know also being somebody who suffers or survives that having these moments of like clarity and of this is it and then having those those like fraud police show up and be yeah. like you're actually not very the vampires, from as as title of show puts it. The vampires. vampires. I I I call them uh, fraud police. Is from Amanda Palmer's book, The Art yeah. of Asking. And so I, I bring them up a lot. They show up to be like, oh, um, everyone's gonna everyone knows that you're not supposed to be here. So yeah. I probably leave. Um, the fraud police show up every so often. Even now. I was gonna say, do they oh, still? Oh, they still show up. Yeah. Totally. They yeah. totally still show up. They um. They show up for me as a mom. I mean, oh I feel like I feel God. that all the time. Yeah. I think they show up in in, in any yeah in, yeah in anything that you think that you're whatever. supposed to be tracking and following and you know following yeah. a certain path. So I've never heard it called fraud place before, but yeah. I really like Amanda that. Palmer's book is amazing about yeah. the art of asking, and it is that. about her Patreon and how she started. Like she really was a pioneer in Mm -hmm. that as far as she's an artist. So here is how you can support me and I'll make art for you. And it's a really great book and it's about how we should ask for things and artists should be paid. Yeah. So, you know, and paid for all the other time and training that you don't see. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great book. Um, But yeah, so that was a, that was a pivotal moment. And, um, but you're right that those, I don't think you reach a point, at least I haven't. And, you know, in my own life, I don't think you reach a point where you're just, yeah, I a thousand percent get this. Or if you do yeah. reach that point, do a congratulations. Do a yeah. Do that's yeah, that's a good point too. You know what Is I mean? it time to? So I'm acting in a show right now yeah. that we're devising again in, uh, called Sisters Weird, and we're taking it to Scotland Fringe Festival, the largest Fringe Festival in the world. Um, you don't have to whisper that. No, no, that's oh my gosh, super exciting. So, and part of my process right now is is 
discovering what is people just say device they just say it they don't know what it means everybody says it's one of those buzzwords right everybody right. says device ensemble experimental theater happening okay that's words right good for site you. you forgot site specific site specific found <laughs> found art found object yeah we just say these words and yeah. there's this really great theater company called the pig iron theater company and i want to say it's based out of detroit but that may not be true um maybe chicago and I I follow them and I like their stuff and they they just posted something about device and they're like look we yeah. don't say it we don't know what it means other than you get a bunch of people in the room and you don't know what the finished product's gonna look like and I would argue that's every that's it. theater yeah. production ever but um, it is ensemble based meaning Philadelphia people. oh Philly I was totally wrong and everybody works together to create something right um, so I'm an actor right now and mm -hmm. it's awesome it's so fun. Uh, doing just being get to be an actor, yeah. I get to, and so I notice that some of my colleagues, you know, they're playing and stretching, and you know, but I'm going like real hard external acting, right? I, I look for externals, so I'm I want to play the crone. That's what I've decided. I'm I'm a witch in the Scottish plea, yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'm gonna lean into the fact that I'm the oldest one here, so I'm gonna be the crone, and we've decided I'm the head which meaning head centered so that leads to a spinal sort of head centered thing yeah and so i'm playing also with the image of a bird it's great it's so that's fun, fun to act that's really fun. again i love it i will say so you're finding it then fairly easy to jump back into acting having primarily focused on the directing yeah directing and producing it's so hard. And I never, like, I feel like the universe or whomever is like, see, I told you producing is hard. I have never said it was easy. No. I have been afraid of it. Same thing with directing. I was very afraid of it. And then I do the thing that I'm afraid of because, uh, not because I want to, but because I've been, I've had to. You feel like yeah. life said I challenge you. Kind of. No, it's usually human people that drag me into things. She's pointing at me. And then I can't <laughs> take it, you know, take it back. Um, and so then I do become challenged of like, okay, wait a minute. What aren't people telling me about this thing? It goes back to like, I don't understand this thing. Yeah. What is the, what is the what here? What so is the why? I'm going to point a finger right back at you. Yeah, point it back. Because last year for the first time in a long time, I yeah, acted. you did. And that was because you and Jess Nunziata really... I auditioned, audition. I auditioned mostly to go through the experience of the audition. It was a really good audition. And you know what? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, and, and that does not often happen which with me this? with auditions. This was the, the flick. flick. This is the flick. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, which I was not originally into, or not really, I love the show. I mean, we, we pick shows, not that I love, but but a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I really did love the show the when I picked it. Right yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, that's a great role. But I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to audition for that. And then I did. And, and in the course of reading it in the auditions mm -hmm. and playing off of other people, I was just kind of like, oh, this is, this is fun. This yeah. is a, this is a meaty role. Yeah. There are things about myself that I see in him that are not necessarily things I love about myself. Mm. Let's explore that. That's good exercises. Yeah. But I will tell you, unlike, I mean, you're jumping back in with ease and I, but this is a small role. This is a very well, small that's side true. role. I yeah. mean, when, we, when I was Macbeth yeah. a year ago, right. that was a different experience. Which, first of all, was, was incredible. Thank you. It oh was my really fun. I had, it was really scary. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure. And on, the hardest part now is learning lines. Right. Because for a long time, I got really good at it. Can and I tell you what's... just like... Snap what was up. weird about the flick is going into it, that was my hesitation. Was because I'm the type of was actor who when yeah, I'm the type of actor who when I'm not on stage, I'm backstage with my script. That's how I was in Pillow Man, which I think was that's the so last funny main stage I'm so drama not that I did. And that's so funny. No, oh I I am so I'm watching everybody no, every time when I'm backstage. Like, I can't. Um, I'm too, I'm I try to I'm afraid to. I'm going to forget my life. Exactly. But I don't. Exactly. But I I'm afraid. But the weird thing with the flick and I think part of it is Annie Baker's writing style, which some actors I think view as an obstacle because she writes I'm all about honoring the text. So if she writes the word but B U T. If she writes but 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 like the character is stammering, then I'm going to say all four of those but, 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 buts. Like, I'm going to get that line right because I want to honor what she's written on the page. And there was something about the way that, that this text 
clicked in my head that to me, the memorization of it was not the real challenge. I, I don't know. I mean, I still, I struggled. It took a while to learn the lines, the whole deal. But once we got into working on it, that wasn't the part that scared me anymore. What scared you? Um, I think the the exposure, the very vulnerable. the vulnerability of it. Um, the vulnerability of you to the audience, kind of vulnerability. Yeah, I'm okay with exploring my own psyche and digging in there and playing around. Like that's cool. That's but when you have an audience full of people watching that, yeah. I mean, not that uh, most of the exploration I think happens in rehearsal, right? The, mm -hmm. the choices you make, but but putting it on its feet in front of an audience was a very uh, you feel naked, right? Yeah. And and I felt that in this role. Mm -hmm. um, part of it, I think, is that there are there are, she loves a good pause, right? And so there are moments. Yeah, she does. Of, and I try to honor those. And there are moments Ugh. of you're so sitting there and you're emoting or not emoting. You're just existing, right, in right. those moments. You're just being. And, and when you're just existing, it's you. Yeah. You know, it's in the middle of a show and I'm playing Sam, but it's me. Yeah. I, I am who the – and I know that all those eyes are watching me. And you're doing that thing of trying not to, to do and to just well, exist. I would say her pausing is different than like Harold Pinter. So Pinter pauses yeah. is like a theatery thing. And so uh, Harold Pinter would write these pauses, and all of his pauses were, in my opinion, very active. Right. You're still doing something. But I felt like Annie Baker's pauses, you're never not doing something in a play, I would say, but hers were a little bit more vulnerable and quiet. Yeah, they in a lot of ways like, they felt not be quiet, but like it's well, they're a little more open for interpretation. I feel like they, they there's are. less like with Pinter. It seems like it's like he's telling you what to do, do still in the moment. In pause. Yeah, it's still it, it, Annie Baker's to me felt like a a breath, and I don't necessarily mean a physical mm. breath, but a breath in terms of like. A stop. Uh, a big uh, change. Yeah. A gear shift. Yeah. yeah. A, a moment of nothingness. Yeah. Although I guess Pinterest too. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you're at the end of the day, a pause is a pause. I think we found the name of today's episode. A moment of nothingness. <laughs> <laughs> More like an hour 20 of nothingness yeah, at this point. Yeah, a lot of nothing. Well, speaking of that, actually, I want to kind of come back around to if there's something that somebody's going to take away from what we've talked about today. Oh. That's the worst oh. question to ask somebody. But... I think it's important to just say, we've talked about a lot of stuff about starting in theater and about, mm, okay. we've given a lot of like, uh, don't feel, you know, bad if this is the way you feel because you're doing theater now and it's okay that you feel that way. I think all that stuff is important, but if there's a one kind of takeaway, what do you You can't you theater wrong. I love that. You know, say that again. You can't theater wrong. Thank you. I think that in towns of our size, we are blessed, right? We have all these schools, and whether or not they have theater programs, mm -hmm. they are, a, a lot. most of them are doing theater. Mm -hmm. And we've got great civic theater in this town. You know, We're we've lucky. named a few. We've got Drama Shop, we've got the Erie Playhouse, we've got All in Act, we've got PACA, we've got so-and-so and such-and-such. -and -such. Mm -hmm. There becomes this fear of, because we're fighting, not fighting, we are vying for similar resources of attention, not mm -hmm. even money and time, right? Time and attention. Sure. So we've got to tell ourselves, well, well, we've got to differentiate ourselves. So we're right and you're wrong. And that leeches in beyond that. I see it in our students. I've seen mm -hmm. it. And I think that's where I felt that in middle school and high school. Of I'm not theatering right. That's theatering and that's theatering, but I can't theater. I don't know what I'm doing. But you, you can't theater wrong. Um, there's a craft to it. If there wasn't, then I'd be taking a lot of people's money yeah. as a theater teacher. And um, it would all be for naught. So there is a craft. But the thing about crafts is it just revealing your personal craft. Right. And we can all have a seat at the theater table, I guess. Yeah. And I think I would kind of build off of that. I mean, you sort of said what I was going to say, but in a better way. So I'll say something else that's, <laughs> that's not That's again what theater is. Um, yeah, right? Um, no, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I guess the, the big thing for me is we're all just playing, yeah. right? And that's not to diminish the work that anyone does and certainly not to diminish from those who do it professionally. But I even believe the best professionals in theater and in acting and, and film and whatever 
would say the same thing, that we're all just playing in the sense that, to your point, there is no right or wrong way to do it. We're all, it's, it's about figuring it out. Mm-hmm. That's the craft. That's what we enjoy. That's why we throw that process word around there. I think I made it the whole podcast with only saying it once. So there it was. <laughs> but, you know, so, so I think we need to remind ourselves as, as practitioners and as you as a professor and me as a producer that we are, it's all a process of discovery mm-hmm. and we are still learning. And like you said oh, earlier, yeah. if you're not anymore, or if you feel like you've you've figured it all out, then it's time to find something else to do. Yeah, and you know, Michael Chekhov says, "Act from a place of joy," but I think that goes from all of it. Theater from a place of joy. Yeah, um, and that's not to say that criticism isn't important. Yes, and that's not to say that it isn't hard. Oh yeah, it's super hard. Yeah, and criticism in particular is just. We also are dealing with you know the idea of studying. For the rubric, right? We're going to test by the rubric. So yeah. what's on the quiz? Teach. Give me exactly, right? It's not like that. Theater's not like that. Mm-hmm. There's no rubric. But assessment, criticism is just to get better. Right. It's That's what it is. And right. I think I wish we had more critique going on that wasn't mean. Yeah. And <laughs> this know, is where we not, have that, that weird you, dichotomy uh, that we like, we're talking about how, you know, a lot of theater artists uh, and a lot of people in general, we have these insecurities and it's, oh, yeah. it's hard and it's, it's a vulnerable thing to take criticism, but it's, it's to get better at it. So yeah. we're foolish to plug our ears. We're also foolish to, to let every little thing affect us yeah. right I mean some people are not going to like some shows totally some people are not going to like some performances nope and guess what some people are not going to like you as a person it doesn't matter yeah. what you and you'll encounter that especially in community theater yeah. like someone might not like me and it doesn't matter what doesn't I matter do what on do. stage it's not going to be good for them and that's a hard thing to accept but yeah I accept it it's one of the <laughs> things I learned from Sean Clerkin yeah. honestly was that I was just talking to somebody at Gannon about this too about being an introvert in an extrovert's body oh, like yeah. in an extrovert costume oh, I feel because that. Yeah. we are everybody thinks that because you do theater and you're on stage and you put yourself out there that you are that extroverted person who like me 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 look at me you know I do all these things for attention but that's not really the case it's kind of a halfway yeah. mix between those things and it's okay to be private and it's okay to have that internal yeah process and that's one of the things I really learned from him was that just because he's you know out there and on stage and you know he's not doing it so that his whole life is on display he's not doing it so that it's attention attention 24 7 that's it you can't maintain that that's not a couple of the community theaters where I grew up doing stuff and like my high school shows the the standard routine after the show was as soon as curtain call was over you got your butt to the back of the theater so that you could greet patrons on their way out. It's the polite thing to do, right? And and some places do that, and that's cool, and I understand them wanting to build that relationship. I have relationship. such a hard time with that. Oh, I hated doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I hated doing it. I need time to, to, to pull that character off of me, mm-hmm. and to, especially if it was, I mean, not, no, I was going to say, especially if it was like a dramatic role, but really any It doesn't role, matter. I mean. I need time to, to peel those layers off and to get back to who I am as a person. I think it's so important. Again, it's that idea that there's no wrong way of doing things. But the caveat to that is be original, right? Yeah, like, let's that's true. all just commit here and now to being Well, because it's not film, right? No. And sometimes, and I, excuse me if I'm wrong, which I am a lot, but ballet, if you do ballet, the ballet is like the choreography for ballet is kind of like set in stone. There are rules. If you do a ballet, you got to do the choreography that comes attached to that. Or at least it's tradition, sure, right? Sure. Nutcracker is a way. There's a way to do the Nutcracker that you have to yeah, do it. Yeah. And I remember I did a perf- like one of my only like professional gigs. I was Mrs. Fizzy Big and um, the solicitor in a Christmas story, and they Christmas do it- Carol. Sorry, Christmas, Christmas Carol. story is you'll shoot. Your oh eye. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and why is she pushing a stroller? <laughs> so, she's like, kids. Um, so and, and she's a sex worker for some reason. Those sex cat. But they did it down at the Hippodrome Theater, which is a great uh, professional uh, theater down in Florida, in Gainesville, Florida, where I went to grad school. And so I was doing this thing. It's a really great what they do. They do it, but they do the same production every year. Right. And so there is certain rules about the blocking. It has to be the same blocking every year, even though we're new. 
And I think it's similar costumes every year, too. There's yeah. rules. Um, but what's fun is, like, it's always fun to give yourself challenges and then how do you make things interesting within those limits, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to see the same production, go see that. And a show like show. A Christmas Carol, that, that for a lot of people, I'm sure that was their it's tradition, their tradition right? yeah. They go oh, every man. year. To the oh, I saw it four years in a row in Pittsburgh. CLO. Yeah. Pittsburgh CLO does it every year and we always decades. go. Like, there are kids that started off as Tiny Tim that then grow up to be and Bob Cratchit. It's and that's cool. Awesome. And that's really cool. It's a really cool. So, I would love to. So, I guess it's be original unless you are <laughs> intentionally replicating but I the would tradition. Say there's originality even in there. Yeah, and the the caveat I'll throw on the caveat is that other people's work is other people's work, right? Yeah. So if you're when I say be original, I mean come up with your own thing. Like, you know, Anne Ranking, who was Bob Fosse's, I don't know if they I don't think they married, but she was Partner. his his mistress in his marriage to Gwen Verdon. Mm -hmm. If you didn't watch Fosse Verdon, you should because you'll know. I need to. Um, but she after his death, when they did the revival of Chicago, she did the choreography for it and was credited as choreography by Anne Ranking, inspired by Bob Fosse. Mm. So even in that situation where you know, there's the Fosse style, and frankly, you can't do Chicago without... You should. Know, actually, you could. I take that yeah, back. Yeah, you could. But most people don't do Chicago without employing that the Fosse style, mm -hmm, right? Sure. Give credit where credit's due. Right. And so you, even in that situation where I'm sure Anne Ranking could have just said, this is my choreography and my role and whatever. Because and, she had a hand in building Yeah, and, in the original. In the, inspiring the original. So just, just all of us, let's just commit to being original. Yeah, and you can it's, honor it's the work of others. Brave, right? There's fear in being original because if you fail, it's you. You failed. Well, fail boldly. And that's Sin exactly boldly. you say. There's fear, and I'm like, no. I guess as an actor, I have that fear, but as a producer, I'm like, no. Let's just do it. Let's take a chance. Let's be creative, and along the way, let's have you know, let's check on each other's work and make sure yeah. that we're not like plunging this show into the ground, but. And it's Let's hard take with, a chance. You know, with, when you also have to worry about such things as ticket sales. Well, then you budget because, accordingly. But there's also like expectations, fail. right? If you're yeah. doing a well-known show, mm -hmm. there are expectations. It's a hard balance. Yeah. It's a really hard balance. But um, Cats was interesting. <laughs> I well, the really movie's coming out, so we'll see what happens. Was, but we had a giant uh, cornflakes box I had to... Did. Because we didn't have anything to lift us up without it being comic. So by the end, it was right towards the end. I was really, honestly, I didn't concentrate on that role too much because I was busy making all the costumes. And then I was like, oh, I guess I have to do this. Yeah. And the director was like, okay, well, this is the part where they're going to make a human, a cat staircase, and you're going to climb up them and reach up towards the lights. And I was like, excuse you very much. I don't, can the heavy side layer be on the ground? <laughs> can I disappear? I forgot about that. Can my heavy, heavy side, side layer, layer be hell? Can yeah. I please go down? Or And he's like, no, we got to hold you. My layer like, oh, is feeling great. very heavy side today. Do I, would, I have to climb? Remember that show where I had to get dressed and say cunnilingus? And yeah. can I do that? Remember that? Yeah. 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 Can yeah. that be the heavy side layer? Because I do not want to Can we talk very quickly? on my own petard. There was one other little bit of tradition that evolved over that sequence of shows that we've now talked about that I want to throw out there. And that was in Dirty Blonde, when you transformed into Mae West, there was a particular dress that you put on. Oh my god! Do you remember this? Yes, because it was a nightmare to find. Because I wasn't very much of a girly girl, and I didn't really go dress shopping in my life. And they're like, yeah, you gotta go get a gown. And it had to kind of fit it that time period, have, have that look to it. I have to ask, did Justin help with this? No. 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 <laughs> Emily Cassano yeah. is now the director over at... Because um, they parents. They She runs their theater. Um, she was the... And I was a nightmare. To shop, which like, what size are you? I'm like, I don't know, like a 12, like a 28, somewhere in between there. <laughs> She's like, well, you're not a 12, and you are not a 28, so we're going to need to, we're going to need to find closer numbers. And uh, I had no idea, I didn't know. And plus dresses are much sizes different. Sizes are, yeah. yeah. It's much different. Sizes are so relative are yeah, to the place that you go. I mean, and like, I just. arms aren't involved, I can usually, I've got these, like, 
jar open in hands and like <laughs> yeeting across the room arms. I'm like of very, Archer. Of, uh, very strong. What's her very name? Very Pam. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was oh. thinking of uh, uh, Aisha Tyler's character. Oh, yeah. Oh, she has big hands, God, they always say. She's so hot. But no, I'm, I'm Pam. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm Pam does a lot of coke. But like regular Pam. Yeah. Is she the yeah. one that, no, Cheryl is the one that changes her name. Cheryl. Okay. Yeah, the redhead. Yeah. No, the blonde. But anyway, You're not my supervisor. No, Elena's yeah. right. She's Pam. I'm Pam. I'm She's Pam. Pam. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, I wore this beautiful gown that was black uh, with a tulle overlay. Uh, and it was, uh, what is that shape? The mermaid, mermaid? shape. Yeah, so good in mermaid shape oh, there, Ariel. I need and, the um, it was, extra help. It was a sweetheart top, so nothing on the arms because I got a... I need dress any dress that makes me feel like I can't raise my arms or run. Right. I can't I can't wear. You should have gone wedding dress shopping. I was like, ma'am, I need to lift my arms and run. She's like, You need to leave. <laughs> so but well, anyway, yes, and I bring and up all the dress. Yeah, gorgeous. I bring it up because I'm very familiar with it. I know you. Uh, are. Because when we did Moby Dick the musical, I also wore that in Cats. Well, I'm getting there. Hold oh. on. When oh, I'm forgetting the order. You're skipping a step. I am when we did Moby step. Dick the musical, I played the headmistress of an all-girls school who then plays Captain Ahab in their production of Moby Dick. This is a great show. It's an awesome. We thought it was a bomb. We thought it was going to be oh, awful. Yeah, that, and then people came back way, to though. see it over the same you know people who I came played over and in over it? again. The sex worker <laughs> seen the student. <laughs> the sex snuck, worker cat who snuck in two boys into yeah. the show and made out with them both, but they were busy making out with each other. Fun fact. Yeah, plot twist. Theater is great. Theater is incredible. So I I wore the dress at the end of that show. I come out in that dress, and it's this big celebratory moment. And then I oh, graduated. You had, that, you had the padding on. I she did. She was a padding. I was going to leave that part out. Oh, girl, don't. I'm pro. That's I'm the beyond, best part of drag yeah, queens. We're beyond body positivity. I'm a I'm a fat rebellion. So well, and yeah. I was also still coming off of cabaret, where I was like, I was super skinny to begin were. with, and I was like, I'm going to run every day I to be. Know why it was not healthy. That. I shouldn't have done no. that. And then you got this role. But then I was like, we're gonna pad you up, girl. Well, and I also said, I'm gonna put on as much weight as I can. So Arby's, here I come, and spent the next year at Arby's, and spent the next 20 years, (laughs) screwed up my metabolism, keep gaining weight. But anyway, at that particular point for that show, I did make a commitment, but I also wore um, what we call the Bernice. We called it a fat suit, and her name was Bernice. We shouldn't have done that. We know yeah. better now. Yeah. And Angela Howell, oh, who is now the she technical is. director at Canon. Yeah. She was the costume designer for this she show. Was. She did oh, Little Mermaid's yeah. costumes. I'll put and that in there, too. Thank <laughs> the, oh, you for making so my tail. Full body padded suits yeah. were very expensive. But yeah. Angela yeah. came up with a really great alternative. And it wasn't, you couldn't just watch Drag Race and be like, oh, you need three yeah. sets of pantyhose and this some couch was, cushions. No, like, this was, and we can pad you up. Like oh, I, I don't pretend to know how to oh, do it. I, I just know now. it's done. Yeah. I, can, I can, I can pad a. Angela's solution <laughs> was to order a Halloween costume that was a sexy Playboy bunny. Oh yeah. And so it was a curvy woman. It yes. was, you know, it was breasts and and hips and yes. butt and and then some other parts. And it was like a onesie kind of thing that yeah. you like pulled on. And it actually had a bunny tail on it, too. It really that I think we cut off, or maybe we just hoped that it never showed. I think eventually we, that thing fell yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So we named it Bernice. Um, and she came, I, I understand she came back in several other productions, and I think yes, she might she still exist in the Erie Playhouse costume shop. Really? I had heard tell of it. She should I should go visit her. She should. She should have been burned after Moby yeah, Dick. I, I drank a lot of water and sweated a whole lot in that show. Yeah, but did. anyway, over Bernice, I wore... Your dress from Dirty dress. Blonde. You did. And, and he refused to shave his pits. I which did. I'm very into now. No, I was going to do it at first. I and then the first it. rehearsal where I wore it and I did the choreography where my hands were over my head. It was awesome. It was too funny. The reveal of the armpit hair. I mean, it it's awesome. the thing. It's the type of show where the joke. And back then, like, armpit hair wasn't a thing. As right. Much. Yeah. And the joke of that type of theater, it's sort of based in the, the British... Um, it was. It's a, it is where, a British show where yeah. the the joke is the guy in the dress. I yeah. Mean, not to not to take away, you know, or it to was laugh definitely at, that. at a certain time. Well, but it's also a certain style of theater. It so is. I don't it's know a that. Farce. I feel like in that context, I don't know that that's necessarily 
problematic. And maybe I'm wrong about that. And that's a conversation. We another can have another dress. Yeah. But so I wore the dress in that show and then you wore it again. It did in Cats. As Grizabella. And it was, I think, shredded. I shredded the bottom and I added a big first stole. To yeah. It. And yeah. I think that was the end of her run. I don't know. I think she's still there. Is she? I, she she ought to be in a museum. She well, we will find be. her and oh then put her gosh. in the Schuster Gallery. We she should try to put her on. You know, you know what we should do. You know how, like, when a player retires from like, you hang sports, it from the and it hangs from the rafters. Oh my god! Can, can you picture it in truss. the hammer mill? That's no, hang disgusting. it from the truss of the Schuster Theater. Oh my gosh! Oh it's just always up there, and people are like, "This has nothing to do with Almost Maine. Why is there a dress <laughs> up there?" This is our ghost light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's delightful. They're ghost heavy. So my takeaway is that a costume piece that Elena Manchester and Zach Flock both wore ought to be at different hung times up like a shrine, not at the same time. Well, we'll call Angela. Maybe, maybe once at the same time, probably. if it's possible. I think we know somebody who could make that happen. I mean, I know, right? We know somebody oh who kind of runs the Schuster Theater, yeah. so we'll see. Oh, right, that yeah. crazy lady. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This this one over here. Well, thank you guys okay. very much. I for... hope I hope you find five minutes of usable material. You know what? It's going to be nice. But yeah, we'll, we'll start, do this again. Did you start recording yet? Oh, yeah. So Not yet. <laughs> Shop Talk is sponsored by Gannon University Schuster Theater. Visit them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit gannon.edu slash Schuster Theater for upcoming productions.